1: Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. It is the interview show, and I am with Rachel Sobel at Wine and it's one of the most lovely and original parenting influencers in the game. Uh, we talk about how she's kind of an OG, and I uh, appreciate the hell out of that. So, trust me, this conversation is not one you are want to miss. It is a lot of fun. Rachel and I, Rachel and I talk like we are long-lost friends it's amazing before I get into that I want to of course ask you to wherever you're watching or listening to this there's probably a subscribe button maybe a follow button give it one of those there's a five-star thumbs up option I always appreciate those and finally comments are welcomed good bad indifferent because it helps with the engagement so do that for me as well just put a smiley face I don't care Anything. I'm begging you to do something. I shouldn't be begging at this point. You've done more than you should. You've taken time out of your day and your life to listen to me ramble. Hopefully you get some enjoyment out of it. I know you will get some enjoyment out of this conversation between me and Rachel. Here it is. Are you listening? Damn. Right, everyone. Today, as promised, I have Rachel Sobel, not Sobel, at Wine and Cheese. It's, uh, <laughs> you know her, you love her. If you've seen her appearance before on the show, uh, you know why that's funny because I continuously fucked up her name last time. Thank you for agreeing to come back.
0: <laughs> I, I was gonna say, yet I'm here, right? So I know I couldn't have bothered that much.
1: <laughs> Short memory. Plus, you're pretty popular. You got a lot. You got a lot going on, including, including uh this this friends without benefits hosted yes. by Uptown Dale and Rachel yeah. Sobel episode yeah. 1 can men and women be friends uh all right let's talk let's start there how did this come about
0: um, this has been in the making for a while. Dale and I have been friends for decades, 30 years, um, and we've always had a really good banter, but we've always been super platonic, never crossed that line. And We've talked about collaborating and doing something content-wise for many years. We actually had a failed TV pilot once in our life that never made it anywhere, <laughs> um, but we felt like this was our time since podcasts are so big and they're also a lot easier to record than a television show or something like that because you can kind of bucket them together and record a bunch of episodes at once and stuff like that which is much more conducive to both of our schedules because he's like a big deal he is on the floor at every heat game he's the in arena host for the Miami Heat so he's like a local celebrity so we needed something that we could fit into both of our calendars and something that we had really good chemistry about and this is it because we just for you know 30 years of friendship have an incredible banter that I feel like um is conducive to that kind of show so we just went for it
1: it definitely is. I, I listened to the uh, the first episode today, um, and uh, the first episode is, you know, a really simple topic, but one that's often explored, which is, can men and women be platonic friends? Um, and the mm-hmm. banter between the two of you comes through. It's natural. Um, it's almost insulting at times, but it's very... <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it comes from a place of love it's that kind of insult that you can only do with someone you actually love and care about um totally totally and i, I do kind of love the fact that in the almost immediately he's like well nothing ever happened because i don't find you attractive uh and then <laughs> and like, you were what four- the hell dude and, At and least he lie. met you when you were 14 that's uh, he throws <laughs> right. that out there he's like you were 14 when you <laughs> met him how uh, what is the age difference between the two of you
0: we are five years apart. Uh, five okay, or six so years apart, yeah. Okay,
1: it would yeah. have been creepy for a 20-year-old.
0: It, it would, <laughs> listen, let me- <laughs> yes, the legalities and technicalities of it, it would have been creepy. But you know, as a woman in your 40s, you don't want to hear that someone didn't find you attractive. But I think we also he, he did say very openly, he also dated all my friends. So I think that once you start dipping your toe in the pond of dating friends of someone, you kind of look like a jerk if you then like go back to that original person, who knows, but we I'm very thankful for our friendship, because I do think it's rare for men and women to have platonic friendships where no lines have been crossed. And he is one of those friends of mine who literally that line has never even been tampered with. So there's this comfort and familiarity there. And I think that's why we are able to discuss a lot of these topics so openly, even though we have different perspectives sometimes. I feel like we're both very respectful of each other's opinions and just each other in general, even though we give digs to one another. There is a very, very large mutual respect and love for one another that we've built over 30 years. So I think it just works.
1: It, it, it does. And I think it's going to be a real success as you get down the keep going down the line. Uh, stick with it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm in episode 90, what the hell episode is it, 95, 94, something yeah,
0: like that? Yeah, you're killing it. You are You no, are churning I'm out.
1: I you am, are. You're, no, 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 we're not doing that. I'm consistent. I'm not, I'm not killing it. <laughs> I'm
0: consistent. Listen, in, in my and mind, as, and I'm sure you understand this as a father, right? In my mind, when you're a parent and you're doing anything consistently, you're kind of killing it.
1: That's so sweet. Oh, Rachel. It's true. (laughs) Oh, look, anything. I think what I what I dig about you is um, that parenthood is a part of your personality. It not is not your personality. And that's I think I I think parents need that. They need something that I mean, if, if you want parenting to be your personality, that's fine. But you can get lost in your children. They're all encompassing.
0: Oh, yeah, you gotta they have something suck the for life you. out of you. Yeah, they motherhood and fatherhood, too. I mean, it sucks the life out of you. It really does. And, you know, I think people are scared to say things like that because then it makes you seem like you're not grateful. I am so grateful for my kids. They are everything. Everything I do is with them in mind. But you do need an identity Outside of that. And I think it's harder to do that in the early years when they're newborns and toddlers because that need that they have for you is so incessant and constant. When they start to become a little more self-sufficient is when I think most parents start to kind of explore other sides of themselves, what they want to do professionally. Maybe they want to take up new hobbies like you have a little bit more time, respectively. So I think that all of us get lost in that. Beginning swirling moments of parenthood, but you have to kind of climb out and find yourself um, and what you're about. Because then, what happens when the kids leave and they go to college and you're empty nesters? What do you gonna do with yourself? Sit there and just stare at pictures and videos? Like you, you have to have something that's your own.
1: Start a podcast about how you watch home videos all day long. <laughs> that's what you'll do. And you'll say, right. And "Right." No one, no one will be able to relate to it. But it'll be your thing. It'll be your podcast. Right. There are too many podcasts outside of ours. Everyone else should stop.
0: You know what? I did not start consuming podcasts consistently until probably like during the pandemic. I would listen to things here and there. And I think that when I was stuck at home, like everyone else, and then I would go and walk my dog or do whatever I needed. I need noise. I'm not one Mm -hmm. of those people who thrives in silence. I need constant like action. So I found myself just binging so many different podcasts um, during that time and like, you know, weeding through the ones that were garbage and the ones that were, you know, finding the ones that were awesome. And now I have my curated the list of what I listened to. And so, um, I, I, there are a lot of them and it's sometimes hard to, you know, get through some, because then you listen to a couple and you're like, Oh, this isn't really for me. And you kind of give up, but there are some really solid podcasts out there.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the, the whole COVID thing, there was obviously an explosion because everyone was stuck at home to your point. For me, I like mm-hmm. the background noise. So I like having, mm. it feels like I'm in a, a room full of people without actually having to interact with these people, which is right mm-hmm. in my sweet spot. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, I, oh, totally I, I totally like get that. I feel like I'm it. with
1: people, but I don't have to actually interact with them. Um, your brand has taken off on Wednesdays. And <laughs> it's because of your confessions that you run through your Instagram stories. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, it's literally people will send anonymous confessions to Rachel. And she shares them, and mm-hmm. they are. And I'm gonna guess you receive hundreds, if not close to thousands, every week. Yeah, uh, it's it's um, overwhelming. And, and you share them, and some mm-hmm. of them are incredibly sweet. Some of them are, are heartfelt. Some of them are raunchy. Some of them are like it. it the full spectrum. And everyone else just sits there and kind of is like, ooh, look at that person's problem. Look at that person's problem. Look at that person's problem. There's, it, It's wild what this thing has become. So how did this start? <laughs> and when did you realize you were onto something?
0: You know, I never, when I started my Instagram account, Obviously, it was like everyone else where I started and I just posted my own content and memes and articles and things that I wrote to try and build my audience and build my brand and really build a community. But I felt like you can't really build a community unless there's interaction, right? And there's only so much interaction you get when you're commenting on posts or responding to comments or messages and so... I kept kind of looking for things that I could do that would allow people to participate. So I would put polls up all the time, um, little just like inconsequential things about favorite TV shows, or does your husband make you ragey when he leaves the toilet paper thing unchanged? <sighs> like all these little moments, touch points for people to kind of throw their hat in the ring. And then one day I just, I I don't even remember, it's been a couple years now, but one day I just put a prompt up there that said like, drop your confession here. and. I couldn't even, it blew away anything that I ever posted. And it just made me feel like, wow, there are a lot of people out there who are just craving and searching for a safe space where they can get something off your chest. And sometimes it's something as inconsequential as I used my husband's toothbrush to clean. The kitty litter which isn't really inconsequential it's gross Good but Lord. <laughs> yeah it's things like that and there's a lot of cheating a lot of cheating um i noticed last week too there is not only a lot of cheating but a lot of cheating within families like a lot of brothers and sisters-in-laws fraternizing and i was like oh my god there's like a whole new world out there um but for me, you know, the, the hat I always try and wear is that, listen, there are things that people are going to send me that in my gut I'm not okay with and I don't condone and I'm not on the same page as like glorifying. But that being said, I promised to do this to set forth a safe, safe space where people could really share things that were weighing on them. And so I put that hat on every time I'm reading these of saying, okay, this isn't something that I would do or can even get behind, but I promised with one mission to do this and I'm going to just... Let it fly. And part of that is that I get really nasty DMs from people like, I can't believe you would share this. I can't believe you put this out there. And I feel like I'm constantly saying to people, listen, these are not my opinions. This is not who I am. But if I'm going to make a safe space, doesn't it kind of have to be unfiltered? Like, what's the point of a safe space if I'm going to go through and cherry pick the ones that I think are are worthy of being confessions. That's not what this is about. It is about like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I realized that I take on a little bit of like, different level of accountability when I share stuff like that and it triggers people and people get ragey. But I also think that amazing things happen when we all become uncomfortable. Maybe it makes you look at your own life and things that teeter on the the side of being inappropriate or something you would confess. Or maybe it makes you feel grateful for your marriage that doesn't have a lot of these issues in it. Whatever it is that you take away from it, I feel like this little community has been formed around these confessions, which is crazy. Um, I mean, I even have merch now. I have confession merch that people are buying. So it really has kind of taken on a life of its own. And I also get really proud when I get, I got one this week and a bunch of people chimed in saying, um, I get really mad when I see other people post Asking for confessions or similar secrets on their pages, which let's be real, I don't. Own, it's not my patented thing that I own confessions. I just kind of started doing it, and I'm aware that other people do it. There's I, nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. Um, I don't own it, but it's really sweet and endearing how people who are loyal to me that like works them up a little bit. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right.
1: I know of at least one person who's just ripped the strategy right off. Uh, and I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention that, uh, but <laughs> I won't say their name. But I know what's going on. Um, Yeah. Is there anything that you haven't posted? Because you're like, "Uh, this crosses a line. Or have you come across something where you're like, do I need to get to the authorities involved? Like So
0: if there's something, yeah, if there's something that comes up that's questionable that like has any tones of violence or things, I don't share them because I don't want to be linked to anything that could be potentially dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, there were a couple of times in the past where I've had lawyers DM me and be like, FYI, you might want to take this one down. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I'll take it down. It'll be something about, um, domestic abuse or something like that. That is a very heavy topic, but nothing that I would ever think would cause an issue. But I guess when it comes to couples going to court and this and that, so I try and be conscious of things that I feel like could ever lead to any kind of legal action. Um, the other thing is, is that it's not even that I don't post things. There are some that never get posted because there's not enough room. It, it limits how many things you're about to post. And I don't know what that limit is, but I notice that once I get to a certain point, they start to disappear. So mm. I try and go through them. And if there's, you know, 700 things on cheating i'm not posting all of them i'm gonna pick a few because everyone who's talking about cheating will relate to those but yesterday as a matter of fact i got a text from a man i mean a dm from a man who posted one and said you didn't share mine and mine was not nearly as bad as anyone else's and i'm thinking to myself that's not even what this is about there is not enough space on the internet for the amount of confessions i get so sometimes they're just not going to go up and if they're too repetitive I don't put them up either because I feel like I have to leave a little bit of space for everyone. So there are hundreds that never get seen and it's not for lack of wanting to share them. I physically cannot.
1: Do you have an assistant?
0: No, I really need one. I really uh, need one. I need
1: hundreds of DMs. And I'm like, between the, like, look, that's how I got, I I got to know you was sliding into your DMs and saying, Hey, will you come on the show? So between the, Legitimate inquiries regarding business, the confessions which must be overwhelming, and then just—I'm assuming—the dick pics that come nonstop. Uh, It's—it's got to be annoying.
0: It—it <laughs> it is, you know, and it's hard because I think part of what always differentiated me from a lot of people who are doing the same thing. Um, not that others don't do this, but I really always make a conscious effort to engage with people who take the DM me because I feel like if you're taking the time to message me legitimately not with like bullshit I don't know if I'm allowed to curse I'm sorry if I'm not um I I, I, just said
1: you can say whatever you want on this fucking show
0: you did um so you know I really try and take the time to foster the back and forth because I do think that's what makes that's what separates like the ridiculous Instagram pages from the ones where there's a true community built around them and I really do feel that in my soul and I really do try and do that but on Wednesdays everyone in my family knows not to talk to me like i am i just i can't do anything <laughs> can't everything articles and deadlines and things that i have everything kind of gets pushed off cuz wednesdays is my day i have to keep checking i have to keep posting i have to keep going through dms if i don't check my dms on wednesdays I'm not joking you that if I don't read through some of them, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DMs and I can't get to them. So basically the people who end up in my like uh, that other folder that doesn't make it to like those all those never get seen because I can't even get to those that doesn't even count like the other hidden folder, whatever the hidden requests. If I see someone text me and it just says like, hey, cutie, and I just see that, that gets deleted immediately. I I don't even like have time for that. I don't. I'm very happily married and I'm exhausted. I don't have time to flirt with you. Um, but the the DMs on Wednesdays of people who are so either triggered or touched by some of the things, I want those people to feel seen. So I try so hard to engage with them, but there are so many. There are so many. And listen, let's be honest, if I had an assistant. Yeah, if I had an assistant, I wouldn't want an assistant to go in and answer those things because th- this this account is me. That's why everyone's always like, oh, do you have someone posting for you? And the short answer is no, even though I could probably really use it because I feel like my voice would then get lost and it wouldn't be what I set out to do. And so it is it is a lot. It is Instagram is a full-time fucking job. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the
1: must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well,
0: that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Wouldn't be Rachel (laughs) Sobel? Sobel? Sobel. (laughs) Sobel. I did that one on purpose. I, I wanted know, to break you know, know. it a little bit. I wonder you were, you were feeling it there. I wanted to break the tension a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to, wanted to ease it up a little bit. I think, I, I think I, hit, I think I struck a nerve with the workload. Uh, you
0: did, you did, you did.
1: And, and I'm going to just pivot to something completely random now. Cause you're, and I'm, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm gonna say, you're one of the OG, uh, parenting influencers. You are, you are absolutely are for all thank the reasons you, you just me. stated. The the um the relatability, the personal connection, the fact that it's yours, um, it's not a team of people. Um, and that OG mentality comes out through hip hop. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that was a really good transition. Right. That I'm getting better yes. at
1: this. Okay, yes. so yes, uh, I would say every week there's a handful of your posts that make mm-hmm. some sort of reference to 90s hip-hop
0: mm-hmm.
1: how did you fall in love with hip-hop how did rachel sobel um, not one so of the latest in, names i've ever heard by the way how did know, that person know, fall in love know, with hip-hop
0: i know it, it's crazy um you know early i i have danced my whole life from the time okay. that i was two on. I've always danced competitively. I was a cheerleader. I always had like some kind of dance in my life. And I think that I always leaned very heavily towards music that made me feel that. And hip hop has that beat. Hip hop makes you want to move. It makes you want to dance. And then when I was in high school and college and there was a whole movement with Biggie and Tupac and East Coast and West Coast and all that stuff, I just ate it up. I did. And I just like to dance. I like to move. I like to. When music like that comes on, I can't help but either bop my head or tap my foot or whatever it is, and so I feel it in my soul. And there is no better music than 90s music, not even just hip-hop, the whole era of 90s, grunge, hip-hop, all of it, can never be replicated, and I will live in that, that decade until the day that I die, and finally I have a 13-year-old who just recently discovered Eminem and is like, isn't he so good? And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, you know, now now you're coming to the party, so it's really cool to actually enjoy some of those moments with her, but my to husband fair, and I both...
1: do you want her listening to Eminem before she's 13?
0: No, but I don't really have a choice, and if I'm being really honest... Eminem compared to some of the garbage music that's out now that she's exposed to, I will take Eminem all day, even though there's a lot of inappropriate stuff. I feel like, you know, the fabric of that 90s hip hop to all of us who experienced it when it happened, not in replay and not as, as retro people who lived it, who were in it, it's always going to hold a special place for us. And that's why I think you see so many memes and stories and all this stuff about 90s stuff in general. Everything 90s, the way that women overpluck their eyebrows, the ridiculous clothing we wore with Calvin Klein waistbands showing out under rolled jeans. I mean, this whole movement, fashion wise, music wise, I think those of us, us who, who lived it are holding on to it so tight because it carries such a type of nostalgia that has not been recreated ever.
1: Wow. That's, that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. You're passionate I mean, listen, about this I topic, eh? Have- <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a tattoo. I don't know if you can see this. I This is one of four tattoos I have. This is a picture yep. of my mom and I. and it's an actual picture of us my favorite picture of us and on our shirts there's biggie and there's tupac because that's what we were wearing that day and so it's a little homage to them um but even my newborn pictures when my second was born we're all wearing biggie lyrics on our shirts there's just so much fun to be had with it and it's i don't know i guess it brings me back to a time where maybe psychologically you're so carefree high school college all that that whole era it's just that kind of music that makes you feel something
1: that, I, look, I'm, I won't disagree because I'm. I was a '90s hip hop guy as well. Uh, I, I, my introduction to hip hop was Warren G. That was my my cousin got me to listen to the Regulators album, and then uh, and then I was the cool kid for like a minute because I was like, I knew I knew rap lyrics, uh, and that yep. was made me the cool kid for a minute and a half. Uh, and, and from there, I somehow I ended up in the the mace Puff Daddy era and and it went from there i, I saw got... mace
0: live in college in college mace performed um and he wasn't huge yet he just had i think a couple songs out but all of that music it's so fun we actually just got tickets we're going to see wu-tang and nas so you know holy crap it's... that's awesome i know i'm really excited about it so <laughs> i think it's I really feel like that genre of music, even though kids now are starting to discover it in terms of the throwbacks and the music they listen to or the parents like me who are into it, I feel like that kind of music will never die because those of us who are really into it will continue to perpetuate it. I mean, my playlist on on iTunes, whether I'm in the car, in my house, it goes between Journey, Wu Tang, Biggie, Lori Berkner for my kids. Like it's just like a mishmash of of nonsense on my iTunes, but with a very strong 90s hip hop influence.
1: What I will say is I think there's a reason and I think I think we're touching on it here is the reason why it's starting to get that vibe of like, oh, it's it's now making a bit of a comeback is because our kids are now old enough that if we have lyrics on in the background that are swear words or profanity or the stuff they got away with in the 90s you couldn't do now um right you can kind of look and say to your 13 year old obviously don't repeat anything you're about to hear (laughs) with a a five-year-old you know five-year-old in the car you're probably not as inclined to listen
0: i mean my five-year-old is listening to biggie in the car but she kind of makes up her own words that we will never correct because they're the most adorable um inaccuracies ever you know when kids pronounce things the wrong way so like hypnotize is one of her favorite songs and she sings it but she sings the words wrong and so it's okay
1: that's adorable yeah i think so i
0: know i know
1: that would go viral
0: it probably would would i'm petrified of my kids faces going viral though i don't like to share them a lot on social media there's too many creepy people out
1: there yes there are um how does the preteen How does your 13-year-old feel about uh, mom being out there, mom being uh, in the media, mom uh, kind of being social? How does mom, how does the the 13-year-old feel?
0: She's amazing. She goes between, she has those really proud moments where when, you know, she sees an article of mine or I tell her about a really big accomplishment, she genuinely is like, mom, I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. And then if I come at her with something like you know you need to do this this and this she'll look at me and be like why don't you go blog about it so she (laughs) posed the line between trolling me and i do have on my instagram she has her very own um highlight button because she's now gotten into the habit of sealing my phone and basically mimicking me making fun of me completely mocking me with little 15 second videos and those have become almost as popular as confessions (laughs) because people love to see you know the pure unadulterated everyone gets trolled by their kids you you don't have to admit it but everybody gets trolled by their kids and she has such a strong sense of self and has the sarcasm and the wit is it's genetic it's in her and so she gives it right back to me but she's super proud and I think it's really cool as a mom of two little girls especially for them to see me kind of creating something right in front of them with my own hands, not even really knowing what I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging it and doing what feels good and what feels right. And it makes me really happy because as they get older and they start to decide, you know, what they want to do with their lives, I hope that I'm showing them that they don't have to fit into a box of, you have to do this and you have to get this degree and you have to be a doctor and you have to be a lawyer. Like those are great and they're wonderful. And if my kids become those things, that's wonderful because they'll take care of me the rest of my life and put me in a really nice nursing home. But they will also see that there are other options as they start to grow and carve out their own careers that if there's something they're passionate about, that there's a way to monetize it.
1: Have you talked to the 13, like I'm assuming your 13 year olds on social media to an extent? Nope. No.
0: Allowed. She has She has Snapchat and that's it.
1: Okay. I was I say, it. How has that conversation gone? doesn't sound like it's gone on yet but i am assuming you're kind of oh, ready to on. have okay yeah, so what did you, what did you say to the 13 year old about about social media knowing that mom is a social media darling how does that <laughs> uh, how does that conversation i love breaking you uh but so, <laughs> so how does that come how does <laughs> I'm that I'm getting What's a shirt else?
0: made that says social media darling that's going to be the yeah. next <laughs> shirt that i wear um she, you know we have very honest conversations about it and i'm very honest with her where i say listen there's a lot of garbage out there and it's not that i don't trust you but there's a you're a child you're still a child and it's my job to protect you and i don't feel like i'm doing a good job protecting you if i'm allowing you access to all these platforms but not more important than that giving people access to you um that part just because i know what i know and i've seen what i've seen." terrifies me and so she was the only one in her class until about six months ago uh, eight months ago who did not have snapchat and it got to the point where her cheerleading coach and teachers were starting to post assignments and collaboration and things on snapchat and she was the only one who didn't have it and so we had a really tough conversation we were like all right We're going to give in because we feel like you're going to be alienated if you don't have it. But this is it. She's asked for TikTok. She asked for Instagram. Right now, we're not giving her anything. It's inevitable that she's going to get access to social media. You can't. I think it's naive to think that you can deny a child into that world because I see what some of her friends do. They just have fake accounts that their parents don't know about. And I don't want it to get to that point where she feels so desperate to have the access that she creates accounts I don't know about, so we constantly have conversations about it. I have watched stuff sometimes she's posted and been like, nope, delete that immediately and explain to her why. I think kids at 13 years old are still so emotionally immature, they don't understand the gravity of the things they're posting. And it could be something simple. Maybe they're dancing to a song that they like, but the song has really inappropriate lyrics that the juxtaposition of a 13-year-old and those lyrics on camera, on a video that is out there in the public, does not bode well for them. Those are like socially conscious things that we have to teach our children and i'm it's probably an unpopular opinion because everyone around me is just giving their kids whatever they want social media wise and i think i'm one of the last standing
1: and not everyone is going to have an uptown dale in their life <laughs> who isn't going that's to true. do something inappropriate that's true that's very true full, full circle. circle i just Good brought job. the whole well thing done. right done. I, wow <laughs> i'm done i can't top that <laughs>
0: This is why you're 90-something episodes in, because you know what the hell you're doing. See? Uh,
1: figuring it out. This might have been my best one ever. And it's because of you. It's all because of you. <laughs> Rachel Sobel. Um, it's all because of you. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to end it there. Uh, at Wine and Cheese, its you know her. You love her. Rachel Sobel. Sobel? Thank you Sobel.
0: so much. Sobel. 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 Yep.
1: Sobel. Okay confessions wednesday
0: keep practicing keep practicing yeah
1: just in the mirror at night my wife's like why are you keep yeah. saying that woman's name
0: yeah sobel sobel yeah keep saying it. yeah
1: and it's got like a good like you can emphasize it differently sobel right.
0: Sobel. right there's a lot of options there's a lot Soble. of a lot of uh flexibility yeah
1: yeah my name's joe it's boring uh but you're rachel thank you
0: thank you so much
1: <laughs> i'm hitting that's it. It's the show. Want to know something funny? I already recorded this. And this isn't one of those ones where I'm like, Oh, ha ha ha, I've made a few screw-ups, and this is take five. This is like, I recorded it, one take, done, then realized my mic wasn't on. Like, at all. No sound. It was like the mime episode. I want to thank Rachel At Wine and Cheez-Its She's Rachel Sobel And she is lovely uh, Want to talk merch Father's Day is coming You know what dad would love? A shirt Zero days without a dad joke World's okayest dad Maybe just a That nerd dad shirt And uh, let's see here My new favorite is Pictures not there. Uh, my new favorite is <laughs> pictures not there. Awesome. It's a shirt that says raised by Homer, Peter, Stan and Bob. It's awesome. Thinking about buying myself one. Probably will. Anyways, uh, get dad a world's okay as dad shirt because you know he's not the greatest, but he's okay. Want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Got the Dean Blundell Show, Black Baldwood James D. Fiore, Sheeple Shepherd, This Lovely Show, Kids on the Escalator, and uh, Dropping In with Mercedes Nickel. So many, I can't even name them all. But uh, it's a hell of a network. Lots of good talent. You'll find something you love there. Also, I'd write for them. Head over to DeanBlundell.com where you can find an article every day or so from moi. You can also find all my writing and some stuff I don't post on DeanBlundell.com over at ThatNerdDad.ca. ThatNerdDad.ca. Parenting, pop culture, politics. Just like the show, but in written form. That's it. Be well. Be safe. I hope this one recorded.
0: Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exume the truth. It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's The Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating